You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Hey there. I'm glad you're joining us on season two of the Wardrobe Boss podcast. I'm Eliza Perilli, your hostess, and I am the Wardrobe Boss. I'm here to chat about personal style, successful mindsets, living your best authentic life today, and so much more. Uh, I created this podcast to share my professional knowledge of fashion, style, and home organization in hopes that my guest and I can provide some valuable takeaways and we can all live a styled life together. Yes, you. You. <laughs> Today, my guest is Ileana Ferreras, a professional certified life coach and a master neurolinguistic programming practitioner who powerfully changes lives every day. And you know, people always choose the new year as a time to make changes. So I invited Ileana here to chat with me about changes in life and personal style. So Ileana, welcome to the podcast. How's your day going? It's great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm I'm happy that you're here. So let's dive right in. Um, changing something like your style is really a major change. And most people have fear when it comes to any kind of change, but to improve, update, or elevate personal style can come with more fear than usual. So how long have you been practicing being a life, co- practicing, I guess, life coaching? And how do you approach the conversation of change with your clients? Wow. Okay. So I've been a coach or I've been coaching since 2006. Um, and you know, the approach of change really has to do it's specific to the client, right? Like, you know, every client has obstacles that show up when they think about change. And for the most part, it's how they relate to change, right? So Mm. some people love change. Some people love the idea of, you know, new season. Hey, fall is here. Let me take out my sweaters. And some people are like, no, I want to hold on to the spring. I want to hold on to the summer. So it really depends on um, a person's relationship to change. And basically, I provide people tools and how to manage um, their fear if they have any around change. Mm. So yeah, I noticed, right, as a stylist that there are a lot of conversations around fear and a lot of old conversations. So I think it's fair to say that people, you know, as people, we can get stuck in stories and traumas. So how do you help people push past that to real lasting freedom so that they don't go back to that? Yeah, Um, well, you know, I don't know that I push them past it, right? Like, you know, trauma and, and fear is sort of like quicksand, you know, and, and the more that people, you know, well, my, my sense of quicksand, right? I've never been in quicksand, mm-hmm. right? But like when, when I've heard that when one is in quicksand, they, they tend to struggle and then they, they sink deeper, right? They resist mm-hmm. and they sink deeper. And I think that in, in trauma, there are, things that happen in the central nervous system. And so what I try Mm. to do is I try to hold out my hand so that the other person, the one that's in the quicksand can reach, right? And that's how we sort of get out of the trauma or the upset or the fear is we sort of reach for something other than the experience that we're having, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, what's the process like once you get them out? Okay, so you're helping this person slowly but surely they get up and oh my gosh, they can breathe. Now they're standing next to you, but now they don't want to let go. They are terrified. And now they're, you know, grabbing onto your hand so tight that it hurts per se. What happens there? Well, I usually get them I usually remind them of, of what they hired me for or what they called me about, right? And mm-hmm. and typically, people are just ordinary people with extraordinary commitments, right? And it's like they want to, um, you know, they want to get outside of whatever obstacle is facing them, and they want to they want to persevere and stand in the face of whatever is blocking them, right? So you know, typically, I just work with them on getting really present to what they're committed to, right? So like, you know this in style, right? Like you have somebody saying, hey, I I need, you know, I need to find a dress for a wedding and I want to look this way. And so, you know, we kind of work on the goal and on the future vision. Right, I like that. I like goals. Goals are very important. And I'm sure with you, that's very important. Um, How do you see, as, as a life coach rather, do you see that wardrobe plays a part in people living their best lives does that ever come up for you yeah i i think so i think there's a little bit of um you know sort of dress the part you know like Mm -hmm. hey i want to be a ceo i'm not a ceo and so they're maybe dressing sort of in in a frumpy way and and they want to update their style or you know in a space of like i want to start dating and i want to look a certain way so as to attract a certain mate um or or something like that right so like yeah I, i think that um the way we dress ourselves can can change who we're who how we feel right mm-hmm. but also i think how we feel can change the way we choose to dress ourselves right it's not an external to an internal but sometimes it's an internal to an external with that yeah, that makes it that translates. Sense. Does that track? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's really good. And it, it's part of what I do too. I mean, I ha- I don't have your skill set. Obviously, I do not. But um, it is a matter of sometimes getting people to dig deep and break some kind of stories or myths about themselves to push past that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting journey to watch people start from where they are and do the work, um, especially the people that go kicking and screaming because those are the people <laughs> who <laughs> our laughs are cynical for a reason, right? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's me. I'm, it's I'm the one that went kicking and screaming. <laughs> but what's interesting about the kicking and screaming is that I think um, the beauty out of that is to see the person come into the fullness of themselves or to come face to face with what they're afraid of speed right past it or I don't want to say speed it's never a speed right but get past it and now blossom like that to me is I love when I see that it fills me that's the reason I do what I do do you experience the same thing in coaching sort of that that desire to 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 see them expand yeah to see them get past their obstacles and then just oh 100 percent 
A hundred percent. Yeah, I I think that it's really interesting to see to 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 see and to witness their wins. You know that yeah. that they that they they broke past whatever they had this breakthrough. And even though they may have had breakdowns along the way, these these massive breakthroughs follow. Um, you know, and so yes, I'm I'm excited when when a client kind of. Um, has those massive breakthroughs. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what I, it's what I live for. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I think that uh, people think that life coaches have everything together in every area of their lives. Uh, Can you give three powerful tools that help you keep it together when you feel like you don't have it all together? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, you know, I spoke earlier about the central nervous system and, and, you know, mentioned briefly traumas and upsets and fears and things like that. And and what happens in our bodies is that we sort of get a hijack, you know, like we, we get hijacked by these fears and our central nervous system tells us to stop, right? It's that sort of fight or flight Mm -hmm. sensation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've learned is the brainstem and how it connects to the brain, right? And how your brainstem connects to your brain is basically, it connects through the back of the brain, which is your occipital lobe, which causes us to see. And what we see is usually based on past filters, right? And then after we see whatever we see, it goes into the um, to the limbic system, the amygdala. And then that, that part of us, that fight or flight, determines whether or not this is a threat, right? And then after, if you can get past that, or rather when you can get past that, that's when you go into the, the front of your brain, right? Which is where your forehead is, which is your prefrontal cortex. And that's when we go into the logical um, space. But we can't get there without sort of regulating the central nervous system. And, you know, some of the things that I give my clients right away is I talk to them about the polyvagal theory, which is um, sort of authored by Dan Siegel. And the polyvagal theory deals with the vagus nerve, which connects to your central nervous system, connects to your brainstem. And it's a, a sort of nerve that runs uh, down your neck. By activating that nerve, we can diffuse our central nervous system and and regulate, right? So one of the things I tell people is that when they're nervous, and you may have seen this, people just take a deep breath in and let it out. We instantly feel better, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing that, that you can do is just turn your head to the left and turn your head to the right, right? And that activates the vagus nerve. And then by turning your head both left and right, you are orienting into a larger space around you because what happens when we're in our limbic system is that we get tunnel vision, right? Our our peripheral vision narrows because, you know, think back to like, you know, the olden days where you had to save yourself and jump into a cave or something, right? So like all you're looking for is the way out. So your peripheral vision narrows. So you want to orient and look around. And when you do that, you see that there's so much more spaciousness and there's so much more expansiveness. And it reminds you that to get back into that logical space. And another thing I like to tell people is that the vagus nerve is, you know, can be activated by singing. Um, it can be activated by gargling, you know, like, so, um, so every now and again, when I'm stressed, I'll just start singing and I'll feel instantly better. 
that is pretty radical. I have to, I have never heard this. <laughs> yes. And I love the idea. Like I took it right away. I was like, okay, I can just turn my head to the left, turn my head to the right and expand my peripheral vision. That to me worked because you're right. As you were talking, I was going through what, what my body feels like when I am at a flight, right? Or, or yeah fight response. And so, and you do, you clam up, you get scared and it's almost like a paralyzing fear that you don't know how to get out of. Once you're in it, it's almost like you're locked in. So that is, that's excellent. Now I know, now I understand a little bit about the neurolinguistic where it comes in. So I, I like this because I'm learning too. This is the whole reason, right? That I want people like you on the podcast so that people can learn everything is connected pretty much to everything. I think so. Um, yeah. So what kind of wardrobe do you personally wear? I just want to switch it up a little bit. Uh, how do you think a life coach should look when they show up to meet clients? Oh, it's so funny. That's a that's an interesting question because in terms of life coaching, like it runs the gamut, like what kind of life coach, what kind of client, you know? Um, and, you know, for example, I mostly work with creative people, right? So if I showed up in a business suit, I don't know that it would track, <laughs> you know? And it's right. also not my personal style, right? Like, you know, so I, you know, I think it really depends on the client and I think it depends on the, on the coach and the type of relationship they have and what kind of meeting they're having, et cetera. Right. So not really sure how to, how to answer that. I know I'm leaving it sort of vague, but you know, I no that that's an answer. That's absolutely an answer. You know, sometimes I'm scrolling through Instagram and it just seems like, you know, how everybody wants to be a DJ. Everybody wants to be a life coach. And I think that's for very specific people. I don't think just because you want to do it, it's for you. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got to have the skills you've got to, and like you have the education, have the background. There's so much that goes into it. How long did it take you to do this? I'm sure it was a lot of studying. Am I right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so mm, I want to say I, I am a PCC, which is a personal certified coach. You know, anybody can become a, a coach, right? All you have to do is say, hey, I'm a coach and then go get clients, get a website and boom, you're a coach, right? right? But there are a few coaches that are certified through an organization called the International Coach Federation. And those coaches have a credential. And, you know, like if you meet a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, like, you know, how, how many years they've studied or what mm-hmm. kind of process they went through. Well, anybody can be a coach and you have to ask, well, how did they study? What, what did they create? How did they do it? And it took me, um, two, maybe three years to get my PCC because it required a certain number of out, like 700 hours of coaching, um, plus recorded sessions that I had to, um, submit, um, and things like that. And then I also did a, I'm trying to remember how long the NLP course was, but I did an NLP course through, uh, through the New York center of NLP. And that I think was probably less than a year, but maybe 10 months, something like that. Um, and it, it was a, a, a process to study where you get certification and, and you practice on peers and, um, and you learn how to be with people and their fears and, and in their things that come up for them. And NLP, um, just for people who don't know, is uh, the neurolinguistic practitioner, which is what you just talked about with the vagus nerve, correct? Partially. Um, it's neurolinguistic programming is basically how 
our body connects to our brain and how we communicate to our brainstem. And language, as you know, is not just the verbal, but it's, you know, it's like 90% or 70% or something nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. a lot of the things that happen in our bodies, um, stress and angst, and I don't know if you've ever met someone who gets nervous and like their hands shake or something, you know, and they, they tremble. It's that sort of adrenaline that spikes, you know, and then the neurolinguistic approach kind of helps us to tone down those other areas and put them in the background so that um, a more uh, organized or more powerful part of us can emerge, whereas the other part of us kind of goes into the background. So it's really about finding out that there are different parts to us and, and how those different parts can connect. That's fascinating. Does that answer your questions? Yeah, it's a very technical thing. (laughs) It really is. And it's uh, because as you say it, I just picture myself what happens to me. Like I know when I get stressed, I hold all the tension in like the back of my right underneath my neck. That's where I hold it. And I know that my body holds trauma because there have been things that have happened to me as a child. I remember one time I was getting a massage, regular massage, and it was someplace, I don't know, in my back. And I went home and cried like for three days. Something Mm -hmm. opened up and I don't know what happened. This was many years Mm -hmm. ago, but I was like, that's how I knew that I, you know, hold things in my body. So now I want to switch gears, Ileana. You're in a position where you have to dress for many red carpet events, a lot of them. Your husband is a Grammy winner, an Emmy winner, a Tony winner. Eliana's husband is Alex Lacamoire, and he is the musical director for Hamilton, um, Dear Evan Hansen, and I. we could just be here all day. So I'll leave it yeah. right here. <laughs> and so... You know, I know firsthand what the process is like for you having to get dressed for these events. But can you tell my listeners how you feel about that? Because while people think it's glamorous, for you, it's different. Can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, I think that our relationship to any change can bring up sort of trauma and bring up things from our past. And for me, I was not um, very fashion savvy or oriented. And I certainly wasn't the kind of person who liked to be noticed. And then here I was, I had to be next to my husband right on the red carpet at the at the Tony's for Hamilton, you know, like only the biggest one of the biggest Broadway shows in the history of Broadway shows. Right. And so so I had to sort of get past some of my own stuff there. And um, I was very thankful. And I I too don't want to be name droppy. I was very thankful to have met um, Stacey London, who is a, a a fashion guru, goddess, diva. I can't even say enough about her. And and she was, um, you know, she was kind enough to sort of give me some style tips and and help me out through a lot of things and, and was very much present for a lot of the Hamilton sort of the setup in, in the dressing, right? And, you know, I had to go through a lot of fears of like, you know, growing up in a neighborhood where, you know, it was not safe to be noticed. Right. So one of the one of the first things or or stick out. Right. Like if, you know, if you were walking down the street in, in you know, Washington Heights in the 
seventies and eighties when I grew up, it's like if if you had on a nice shirt, people were like, "Oh, you're conceited," <laughs> you know. It's like so there was like this world of and and not only that, there 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 was like actual danger, like if you stuck out, you know. And so I didn't ever want to stick out. I wanted to blend in, and then you know here I was having to face some of that. And I was so thankful that I was a coach and that I had all these tools and I had all these, you know, I had my own training and I had a um, such a strong support group with, um, with, you know, friends and advocates and people who were like cheering, you know, cheering me on. And, you know, I realized that it wasn't really about me. It was about Hamilton. It was about my husband. It was about this show. And it was about kind of dressing the part and showing up, you know, um, in a way that represented not only the show, uh, my husband, and but me, right? And one of the things that I remember that happened is that I found this beautiful dress and I was like walking through the store and I stopped at this red dress and, and I just was kind of like, I just stared at it. And I was like, my head was turning kind of like a dog when a dog go, like hears a noise and it goes, <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> so I was kind of staring at this. And my husband, I later found out he bought me the dress because he said he'd never seen me react to a dress that way. And, and I love this dress. It was red and it was like, you know, and it had pockets and it was like beautiful. It was like this beautiful, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Right. Cause that's, it's, it's, I don't have the languaging for it. Right. But it was just so beautiful. And then I remember. I needed to get shoes for it. And I went to a store um, and, you know, all the stylist people, all the stylish people were saying it has to be, you know, a black shoe. And, and um, Stacy had recommended a black shoe. And I wanted these really sparkly shoes. And like the rules of fashion said that you can't have a print with, with glitter or, or like a, a, a sparkle and a print at the same time. Right. Okay. So I was like well but I want I like these shoes like <laughs> so, so I later spoke to one of um Alex's cousins who was delightful and he's like you know I think you can wear that you know it's like just just do it you know and um my husband's cousin Juan who's amazing hopefully he's listening thank you Juan for empowering me right like I I opted to wear these really sparkly shoes with this dress and I never felt more beautiful in my life, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't even think I felt that that beautiful at my wedding, right? Like, I just felt, be, and, and I think that what made me feel, and you know me, Eliza, like, I'm not one to be like, oh, I feel beautiful, right? Like, this, this is, this was a breakthrough for me to even say that, right? That, um, that I just felt like I had, I had, it was a representation of my style and the things I loved and piecing together these shoes that I loved and this dress that I loved, even if they didn't, you know, match per se, you know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago is that it doesn't have to match. It just has to go. And you can pretty much own anything you want to wear as long as you empower it and you say, Hey, I love this. Right. Yeah. So so that it's so it was a thing for me to get past that red carpet. Um, and, and I had a lot of support. I had a lot of support. And, um, you know, and now I look back at those pictures, and I think, oh, okay, yeah, that that was, 
that was rough <laughs> going through that. But I'm so I'm so grateful that I had the support and I'm so grateful that I, you know, that I had all these things. But it's it's not it's not always fun, right? It's like for somebody who doesn't like to be photographed or who doesn't like to be in in the public eye, who likes to kind of fade into the background, you know, it really takes something to allow people to to support you if you're not used to that support, right? And I and I wasn't. It took me years to get used to that support. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't used to having somebody do my hair and somebody, you know, do my makeup and and put on a dress and go out and, you know, like I I wasn't used to that. That's not the life I grew up in, you know. I was always wearing jeans and a t-shirt and, you know, I was painting and getting paint on my jeans and, you know, it's like dressing up wasn't part of my life. You know, I'm smiling so big because there was so <laughs> many so many gems in what you said, right? Because my audience doesn't know you, but I know you personally. And you are a person who likes to play the background, who doesn't like all the attention, who you're just not that person. Me too. I'm not that, but you're a lot more like that than me. I, I'll go into a room and I'll own the room. Oh no, you you're, yeah, you, you'll own the room. For <laughs> you'll go into a room and you just want to blend. And, um, you know, I was just smiling so much because I never even heard you say that. I never once heard you say that you felt or looked beautiful. And there have been so many instances. I, I feel fortunate enough to have dressed you for um, yes. many of the carpet events. And, you know, the fight that it took me to get you in certain things. And then you have like the most gorgeous hair. I mean, you have you have Hollywood hair to me. And then you have like... You have such a beautiful body and you're always trying to hide everything, which I respect, but I think that there's a time, right? Because when you have to stand next to your husband on a red carpet, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's it. Like, um, I really love that you said that because I think one of the things that came up was for me was that every woman should have that moment. Every woman should have that moment. And you know what? I love that you went with your gut and said, I don't care. I want to wear the sparkly shoe. Yeah. Because something about it felt right to you. So I love that you went with your gut. Um, and I saw the pictures and I thought they were fine. And I think sometimes the rules in fashion, you have to throw them out the window. You have to go with what feels right. I mean, if you would have wore a black shoe, then you're a girl in a red dress and a black shoe. But, you know, you wanted the, the sparkle and the shine and you did it and you <laughs> amazing yeah, and that yeah. you know every woman should have that feeling of i just felt so for you right it wasn't like i felt amazing for my husband i felt amazing because i had to represent you know hamilton you felt amazing for you like that's the whole purpose of this so um that just that really made me happy and it it made me happy to have you acknowledge that about you yeah. because sometimes we're so either busy with right what we're doing or busy with like we forget to acknowledge ourselves. Acknowledging ourselves is so important. I'm not saying to be a showboat because you're not a showboat at all. I'm not a showboat. I'm just saying you've got to acknowledge yourself too and say, you know what? Um, wow, I do look good. I, I do like this. I do appreciate this about myself. That's okay. Yeah. And you know what's really funny is, and, and thank you for everything you said. That was very kind and sweet. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> so I think that one of the things that, again, because I never wore heels, right? I was like wobbling in these heels, right? So there were certain insecurities that were coming up. It's like, oh, am I going to fall?
fall. It's like, and one of the things that I often say to my clients is that when you're stepping into something new, it's kind of like, have you ever seen like those videos where a giraffe is born or like a baby calf or something is born and it's like, and it stands up and it's all wobbly and it's trying to walk and it's all wobbly. And, and, you know, we call that in coaching Bambi legging it, right? Like (laughs) moving forward with your Bambi legs, like you're going to be wobbly and you're going to, you know, and so I can't say that in the during I felt beautiful, but like after I saw the pictures, after I was like disassociated, because in the moment, I don't even know that I was completely present um, because I was just like, Hamilton, I got my husband. I said, are, are these shoes working? Are they? You know, so it's like, there's this moment of like, you're not really present until you choose to be. And then you take ownership of, okay, I'm going to live in this moment and I'm going to be here now. And then you just start living and you see everybody else win and at the Tonys and you see this celebration celebration of life and you see all these things happening and and then and then suddenly you get more more and more grounded right and i think that those bambi legs is the most important part because the during may not feel that natural to us right mm-hmm. and it's sort of like that that you know, trying to learn how to walk, you have to learn how to walk before you can run. And it's, it it took me and this was like, what was this now? Six, six years ago, right? And I met you shortly after and you've styled me for many things. And you know that you and I have been like, no, Eliza, I'm not wearing that because this doesn't work or whatever. And it has taken you a very strong stand to be like, Eliana, you are going to you are going to wear this and you just try it and then we've tried it and it's and it's been a, a killer thing right and that's that's the thing that we don't always see ourselves in a possibility mm-hmm. right we don't you know like you know i think it was like i wanted a jumpsuit but did i see myself in a red jumpsuit no but but i had worn red before so could i pull it off maybe so it was like it was kind of just like bambi legging it through every choice and saying okay well maybe rather than just killing it off if that makes sense yeah it makes perfect sense and i love the points that you made because it is about vision right and not only peripheral vision but a full vision. And I know for me that my clients don't see the full vision. So it goes, it speaks exactly to your Bambi legs because I can mm-hmm. see them when they're in the Bambi legs, but I can also see past it to what they're going to experience and then what they're going to see afterwards. So that is where I know I'm strong at. So that's why I will fight and take a stand and say, because yeah. it's not about what I tell you to wear. It's never about that. You know, I have the whole vision. I know what you want. I know what you need to project. I know what you need to be comfortable. I have, there's so many factors I have to fit in. And my, my biggest thing is I never want anybody to look back and say, I regret that. I should have never worn that. I don't like that because if that is not a good feeling that can knock down your whole confidence. And so part of my job is to say, nope. I'm telling you, I'm taking a stand, not a black shoe, wear a metallic. This is, and then when you look at the pictures, you're like, you were right. And I'm not saying I'm always right, but I'm just saying I can see the end result. It's all about the end result. And so I have to be that person and be in the end result. And so, because I need to ensure that when they look back on the end result, they're like, oh, I didn't see the vision, but I got it now. Yeah. And that's really why they hire you, right? They, they want, 
they want to create a new person. They, you know, if, if they, if they knew how to dress themselves, they wouldn't reach out to you. Right. Like you're the one that has like these connections and you're, you're willing to see, you know, I remember the first time Stacey London said to me to wear a, a pink shoe with a orange and black dress. And I was like, what? And, you know, and so I put it on and I was like, oh yeah, she has a point there. Does Of course she has a point, you know, she's Stacey London. But like, I was like, no, ah, and I was holding, I was like that, you know, that doesn't work, right? Well, it just means that, and that's what happens in our past, right? Like our brain is like a giant, you know, like a Dewey Decimal System or something. And there's like a little person in our brain going, okay, have you ever worn orange and pink before? No, you haven't. And so, so it like, it, it, it knocks down the possibility. It says that's not possible because you've never done it before. But just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean that it's not possible. And so I love that you do that for clients, right? You, you take a position where you say, Hey, this is why you hired me. You want to, you want to get out of your comfort zone. Well, that means a different shoe. I know it's like, you know, we don't, we don't hire people. We don't hire coaches to live in what's predictable. We know if nothing changes, everything will stay the same. You know, if, yeah. if it, if it, if it hadn't been for like, you know, Stacy who came and like helped me clean out my closet, like I might not have realized all the clothes that was in there that wasn't really me. It was like other versions of me. And I've had to like kind of figure out what my style is now. And my style is reflective of the person I'm becoming and the person I want to be, right? And 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 that changes. And it changes not only seasonally, but annually and, and sometimes you know, event by event, because I'm constantly learning and growing a little bit more about myself as, as are most of your clients, you know, as are most of the people listening to this podcast, if they're listening, it's because they want to grow and learn and develop and find things out. Right. And, and sort of get to that sweet spot. And look at the lasting results. I mean, even working with Stacy, right. I mean, everyone knows what she does on TV and that's awesome, but to have it done in real life, that's a whole nother thing, right? Because yeah, she is using all of her talents on the TV show, but when she helps you in real life do it, then you really know what you're working with and you know that she knows her stuff. So, but look at the lasting results that that's had and the effects that it has. And so, you know, we, I think we all have those areas where we need people to, I don't know that push is the right word, but it's the only word that's coming up now, but push, it is a push. You know, you can say it any other way, but it's a certain kind of a push. Um, We were talking the other day about wardrobe being like safety armor. Is there a particular piece of wardrobe that you feel safe in? Huh, that's interesting. Um, safe. Well, um, I think I feel, um, safe in clothes that remind me of my youth or of a time in my life, like before those fears happened. Cause we all as children had a moment where we were just in our essence, where we were just being and like, la 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 la. And then something comes along and rules and constraints and restrictions and no, you can't do that. And all this. And it's like, before all that happened, I grew up in the 70s, right? I was born in 1973. So I had a lot of like what I call Brady Bunch clothing, you know, like very fun, like retro. 
retro, you know, like uh, stripes and bright yellows and, you know, like things like that. So um, I think I feel, I feel, well, I don't know if I feel safest in that, but I feel most myself. And I think authenticity is the anti-shield, right? It's like this sort of like, hey, I'm here and this is me and, and that's it, right? Like, whereas a shield sort of hides one's authenticity, this just showing up is safety in and of itself. And I think earlier you said, yeah, it's not, it's not so much a push. We were talking about, you were talking about debating the word push. And I, you know, I tell my clients that we don't want to push ourselves, right? Like, because maybe that's the inherited conversation that we had. Like you and I were talking about, you know, when I put on a mini skirt at 14, my grandmother was like, go and she was like, you can't wear that. You know, you can't, you can't put that on. And, you know, so a lot of our rules and constraints have to do with our inherited conversations. And so I think that for me, um, it's not about pushing, but rather showing up, just showing up and, and being, being your authentic true self, just showing up. And if you have to do something, then show up and just do your best, like at connecting, do your best at being with the conversation and and from there safety emerges yeah that that was excellent that was authenticity is the anti <laughs> you better put that on your website <laughs> i love it for me i'm gonna say there is there is a piece of wardrobe that i feel safe in and i'm gonna tell you why i wouldn't feel i wouldn't say safe but it uh -huh. feels, and this is going to sound so cliche, but it really does apply to me. Um, uh -huh. I feel like it's a piece of armor when uh -huh. I wear my leather jacket because mm -hmm. I'm running the streets of New York City all day. And you have to mm -hmm. have, you know, you've got to have some street smarts to navigate the city, yes. period. Okay. No matter where you are, I don't care. You better have your smear because the thing about New York is not that stuff happens. It's that when it happens, it happens so fast. And if you're not ready, you're going to go down and then you're going to have a bad day. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just saying. So I'm yeah. the kind of person I like to be ready for anything, anytime, anywhere. That's just the way I function. So, you know, when I'm home, I'm like, my home is my it's my sanctuary. It's my peaceful uh -huh. place. But when I walk out into the street after I breathe in the air and I feel great, especially if I have to take the subway, which is the thing I like, I least like about my city. Um, that's when my armor is on my, my whole, I, I shift into be ready for anything mode. I really do. Ah. I shift into that. So I think when I have like a leather jacket, a good pair of sneakers and my crossbody bag, I'm like ready for anything. I won't even take the subway without a crossbody bag because I'm that serious about if somebody wants to snatch a purse, they're not going to snatch it from me because it's too That's much right. work to get a crossbody bag. <laughs> they're going to bypass me and go to the next. And I can see game from so far away. I think you know, I, I can see scams and everything. I think it's because I'm the daughter of, of a homicide detective. I oh pick up God. things like this. I mean, I just pick it up so fast. And I'm like, I, I just have the look, the stance to something like, don't come over here. Don't come over here. <laughs> don't come for me. Don't come for me. Yeah. You know what? I think that also, that's so funny, Eliza. Um, <laughs> that I think that 
that also speaks to being a native New Yorker. You know, you and I have talked about how we're we're a rare breed, right? Like born and uh-huh. raised in New York in Manhattan, right? Yes. And and how how weird that is, right? Like that that's not common to find somebody like that. And I think that we do grow up kind of like, you know, head down again, like that peripheral vision, tunnel vision, get from where you are to get home safe, right? It's all about it's it's all that survival. And I think that now that you mentioned the crossbody bag, I think the the one thing that makes me feel super safe are comfortable shoes. A hundred percent. Like I need to be able to run and I don't like loud shoes. I don't like shoes that talk about clack, 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 clack. No, honey, we cannot have that clack, 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 clack down the street at at 2 a.m. in the morning. No, (laughs) I need quiet, silent shoes. So yeah, I hear that. Eliana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and talking with me. Um, I know how busy you are. And, you know, I'm not a person who I don't like to name drop. I don't like to showboat. I've always been like that. So, um, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for, um, you know, humbly mentioning your husband's name. This is not about name dropping or whatever, but sometimes it is better when you tell the story and you say the name. I have so many stories um, and I'm like the, what's it called? Like the blind item. I'll say the whole story and I won't say the name. And I know people are like, wow, I wonder who was that or what, you know? So um, I'm just so grateful that you came on, that you talked about, you just dropped so much knowledge. And I really wanted people to hear what a life coach does because some people really think it's like a DJ. Well, let me just go get a certification. Like you've put in a lot of time in this and you know, your clients have had really, really big breakthroughs. And um, I think it's important for people to know that it's okay to make changes when you like, don't wait for happy new year to now you want to make a change, make the change Mm -hmm. anywhere you want, but we're going into the new year. People are going to start like, I've got to change this. I've got to change that. Well then get on with it, get on with it and get in it. And one of the most important things Ileana said is community. It's, and I, I stress that all the time. It's who's around you. It's who's going to support you because you might make it to the gym the first 30 days, but what happens when February 1st comes and you're like, I really just want Dunkin' Donuts and hot chocolate again. And before you know it, it's seven days in a row that you've had that for breakfast. And now you don't know how to get back on. So it's really who's around you that's going to push you or, okay, maybe push is not the word according to Liana, but you know, who's going to encourage you, encourage you. Yeah. And champion you to be your best self. And that's the whole reason the podcast is here. And Liana, please tell people where they can find you and please don't call her and ask her, don't get on her Instagram and ask her for Hamilton tickets because I will come (laughs) to you. (laughs) I'm just saying. How can people find you on Instagram or on your website? I just want people to know where they can find you. They may have a question for you about coaching. They might be inspired by you. Please let them know where they can find the fabulous Ileana 
Farewell. So you're so sweet. Um, and you're such a, such a lovely person mentioning my husband and everything. Thank you so much for just being in our lives. Um, you can find me at imagineandfulfill.com. And, uh, if you're interested in having a sample session, um, there's a little button on there where you can click and we can arrange a time to speak. The first session is free. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that offer. That is cool. I did not expect that. Um, <laughs> I, I really appreciate it again. And um, you can always find me at Wardrobe Boss Podcast on Instagram and Wardrobe Boss on Instagram. And I am here to answer any questions. I hope that you learned something, gleaned something, gained something from this conversation. Um, it's not just, I don't just want to talk about wardrobe, but I also want to leave you with something or some nuggets of wisdom. And I think Ileana dropped a lot of them. So go back, listen again, bring a friends, bring your mom, bring your aunt, tell your dad, um, you know, <laughs> just share the love. We're just doing community here together and in style. Okay. So wardrobe boss podcast. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Wardrobe Boss is hosted and produced by Eliza Perilla. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.